Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. For the eyes of the world, now look into space, to the moon, and to the planets beyond. And we have vowed that we shall not see it governed by a hostile flag of conquest, but by a banner of freedom and peace. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. It's my opinion that the Soviets have neither the funding nor the capability to continue matching America's interplanetary ambition. We picked something up on the mid-range scanner. A masterpiece of propaganda timing, the Soviet Union has announced a successful launch of its N-1 rocket to take cosmonauts Yuri Gagarin and Alexei Leonov into space. Who is Russia's mysterious chief designer? We investigate as tensions We can now confirm that on the 20th of December, 1968, Russian cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin is the first man on the moon. These are the images released by the Soviets of man's first steps on the lunar surface. Russia may be ahead, but the race is not Soviets yet won. Soviets have reacted to President Johnson's perceived threat with the announcement of their own Sylvester Moon Base. To build a manned lunar station. The Union of Soviet Socialist Republics will not stand for this blatant show 12, of Western aggression. The Outer Space Treaty lies in tatters tonight as American and Soviet peace talks collapse. The installation will be called Eagle One, and its full nuclear capability will mean no place on Earth will be beyond America's reach. Nixon will have us out of Vietnam by the end of 71. That's how serious we are about this. Fellow Americans, we will match Russia's aggressive lunar aims, and furthermore, we shall exceed them. I solemnly pledge that by the end of this new decade, we will achieve an armed American outpost on the moon. The news that NASA is to be absorbed into the newly formed United States Space Command has shocked the world, as the total militarization of space becomes a terrifying reality. Wireless Theatre presents Red Moon. Phase One. Moonrise. No, piss off. It's 7 a.m. on Monday, the 3rd of December, 1979. Today's top stories. Following the shock announcement that the Soviet Union is preparing to transport its first payload of nuclear weapons to its Vesda moon base, the doomsday clock has been moved forward to two and a half minutes to midnight. 
Tensions between the superpowers have been at an all-time high since the United States' primary lunar base, Eagle One, revealed to the world its own fully loaded nuclear missile silos back in January. In Parliament last night, Labour leader Dennis Healy accused the Prime Minister of aiding and abetting the United States in creating a new age of brinkmanship with the so-called Lunar Shield program, and warned that the UK economy cannot survive the pressures being placed upon it since the signing of the Anglo-American Space Accord. In other news, the new US President is coming under increasing pressure to release the results of his last psychological evaluation. But White House officials insist that Would it really make a difference if I didn't shave this morning? And in the ongoing trial of British punk rock star John Ritchie, Wilkins might say something. ...for the murder of his American girlfriend, Nancy Spungen, the New York Supreme Court was thrown into uproar yesterday, when Mr. Ritchie, bassist of the Sex Pistols, left from the dock in an apparent bid to escape. Grey skies, grey faces, and always hers in the corner of my eye, until I turn to look. It's funny how the biggest things turn on the smallest details. It terrifies me thinking about it now, but if the inner London monorail strike hadn't been delayed 24 hours, that lazy cavalry would have got into work first. And that month's equipment manifest would have ended up on her desk instead of mine. Christ. It doesn't bear thinking about. Next stop, Langham Place. It was one of those days, that Monday in December. I'd stayed up until 3am reading that manual that came with the fridge. Don't ask me why. It was the kind of thing I did back then, trying to keep a hold on all the details, trying to stop the world from flying apart. My life had taken a wrong turn, I knew that much. The life I should have had had gone a different way, taken too sharp a corner and flown off the road. Some days it just happens, you know. One decision between you and disaster. Sometimes that's all it takes. One tiny detail out of place. And everything changes. Anyway, it had been a late night. To be honest, I think that's why I made the fuss that I did. Oh, bloody hell! God's sake, Sloper, why couldn't you ever knock? If the space liaison department's going to be this sloppy, I want to transfer. Believe me, if I could get rid of you, I would. What is it now? There's a discrepancy in the lunar returns inventory. Only the one? You do surprise me. Quite a big one, as a matter of fact. A batch of six data cartridges were sent up to Eagle One last month, but seven used returns are listed as wiped, without the requisite forms attached. So? None of them are listed. So effectively, all seven have gone missing. 
I'd like to request you submit a G26 and have someone check the physical stock. Slope, but you've got to expect the old bit of misfiring to creep in on a project of this scale. It's not as if the tapes themselves have disappeared. Add them to our ever-increasing list of misplaced equipment. Sir, this process exists as a safeguard against the overwiping of data cartridges. I'm sure I'm going to pay for this, but does this really matter? Overwiping reduces the tape's reliability and increases the risk of data corruption. If you say so. There's also the prestige factor to consider, sir. The SLD supplies data cartridges to US Space Command directly. And I doubt the Americans would react kindly if someone on our side dropped the ball. Not to mention the fact we've the budget review coming up. And oh, all right! If it'll make you happy, I'll look into it. Thank you. Look, I know you're dying of boredom here, Slope, but do try to remember you are where you are. Let's face it, from what I've heard, you're lucky to be anywhere. Is that a dig at my work record? <laughs> no, your work's exemplary. So you seem to take a fiendish delight in being a perpetual thorn in my side. It wounds me that you'd think that, sir. <laughs> oh, come off it. You don't care about a box of missing data tapes any more than I do. You just want to turn what's left of my hair grey. I'm simply asking you to submit a G26. I'll even draft it for you, if you like. I said I'll handle it, and I'll handle it! Silly fuss over nothing, though. I mean, it's hardly going to be the result of anything sinister, is it? Meanwhile, somewhere in deep space, the evil Emperor Zerk is planning his attack. <laughs> Stupid humans! While you're all sitting down to dinner, my Zerkords will take over the Earth! Not so fast, Zerk. Rick Risk! That's right, Zerk. And thanks to Spacenecks, I don't need dinner. Take that, fiend! <coughs> Space snacks. Freeze-dried instant cuisine just bursting with vitamins. Packed full of goodness, Space snacks are a fast and delicious alternative to Earth food. So good, they're out of this world. Space snacks. Just like the astronauts eat. Now in Great Canaveral flavour. Houston, we have a number of problems, over. Roger that, Eagle One. Uh, what's the latest, over? Atmospheric controls and hydroponics were uh, kind of twitchy for a while there. And although they now seem to stabilize themselves, the sweet peas have had it. Over. We copy. Sorry about the sweet peas, Eagle One. Anything else you boys require for a moment? Is that them or us? It's us. Diagnostics for you. Anything else, over? That's it for now. Over and out. Add that to the ever-growing glitch list. Yeah. We definitely got some gremlins in the works. You think the Ruskies have to put up with stuff like this? They probably have it worse than we do. Wait till they're sitting on their own 7,000 megaton payload. See how they like it. Ain't gonna happen, bub. They may talk big, but there's no way in hell they'll launch ready. When did you start attending Pentagon briefings? Take it from me. Those poor commies are even more strapped for cash than we are.
in any what brings you to my humble bistro. Monorail strike. Yeah, I'm blame a man. The wheels are coming off the economy. Don't I know it. Can I have a coffee? Um, yeah, why not? I'll have a nice special. Coming right up. Cheers, then. So, our things in space land? Call them 50-50. Thank God I'm a glass half full person. Shame about the end of the world, though, huh? Uh, yeah. You okay, man? Yeah, fine. <laughs> you don't look fine. The end of the world. A year ago, I wouldn't have felt this hopeless. Hell, a year ago, I'd have still cared. At least working for the SLD gives me structure. Something to rail against. Poor old Wilkins doesn't know the half of it. Pissing him off is about the only thing that gets me up in the morning. Look, Sloper, I'm begging you. It's been an incredibly long day and I just want to go home. I don't know what else you expect me to do. I contacted Spacecom and they said they'd look into it. What the hell does that mean? It means it's not our problem anymore. So you're just going to leave it at that? But what would you have me do? You could call them back and insist the cartridges get sent back here for processing. Oh, could I? Her Majesty's Space Liaison Department isn't in a position to insist US Spacecom do anything. Trust me, they've got it covered. When I rang up, I was put straight through to a senior officer who thanked me for my concern and promptly gave me the brush off. And that's the end of it. Since when do routine supply inquiries get put through to senior Air Force staff? Oh, I'm no fool, Sloper. Of course they're hiding something. But that's the Yanks for you. You've inadvertently stumbled across somebody's creative accounting, that's all. And you're OK with that? Look, if they want to sneak up a few $500 toilet seats with a British back passage, you've just got to lie back, close your eyes and think of England. I'd like to think we haven't become the 51st state quite yet. Oh, wake up, man. Of course we have. They've owned us since World War II, and if Suez didn't prove it, the moon grab certainly has. Take my word for it. I've been shunted around more departments of the MOD than I care to remember. The last ten years, the prevailing policy has always been that while it may not be our bandwagon, if we're very good, they let us ride shotgun now and again. That's the special relationship in a nutshell. Without our part in maintaining the American lunar shield, we're just a tiny little island in the North Atlantic, pretending we still rule the waves. The state we're in, eh? Listen, Sloper, I think it's safe to say that you don't like me and I don't like you. But if you want my advice, I'd ease off on the whole punctilious bureaucrat act. You can't control everything, you know. The cousins won't thank you for trying, either. I do hope some of that's penetrated. Just about. Although you're not liking me as a turn-up for the books. You've been hiding that well. <laughs> you really are the most insufferable man I think I've ever met. Can't argue with that. So, we're just going to leave it there, are we? Yes, we are. It doesn't pay to go poking around in Uncle Sam's laundry basket. You won't find anything nice in there. Point taken. In that case, don't suppose you fancy a pint. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, but just one. 
Same again. Go on then. Same again, please, landlord. I, uh, <laughs> I have to confess, Sloper, that when they first foisted you on me, I didn't know what the hell to make of you. The whole office considers you a bit of an enigma. Do they? Mm. Hillary fancies you, by the way. I hadn't noticed. Well, maybe you should start noticing things like that. She's probably just drawn to my inherent air of mystery. <laughs> You're not that inscrutable, you know. Besides, uh, they gave me your back cover blurb when you came to work for me. Uh, they, they had to. You know it all, then. It's not that. Look, believe it or not, I know what it's like. Grief and all that. I, uh, I had a son. It's tempting to bury yourself in work, but that only works for so long. You do have to come up for air eventually. I didn't know that. I'm sorry. All I'm saying is people like you and me never find it easy to ask other people for help. But whenever you're ready, however long it takes, I want you to know that, well, no man's an island, after all. Two pints of mild and you're a philosopher. <laughs> but thanks. I may not RSVP just yet, but I'll keep hold of the invitation. It's open-ended. So, Hillary fancies me, does she? Oh, yes. Good evening. <laughs> We're interrupting the match to bring you this special announcement. Here, Andy, turn it up, will you? Despite some doubts about the veracity of earlier reports, it has been confirmed that a Soviet M1 rocket fired from Chiratan in Kazakhstan early this morning carried with it the first payload of Russian nuclear warheads destined for the moon. It is estimated that within as little as three weeks, the Soviet Union's Zvezda moon base will have achieved full nuclear capability and matched America's current nuclear advantage. An emergency meeting of the United Nations has been called and we are waiting for an official American response. In light of this news, the doomsday clock has been pushed forward to one minute to midnight. Jesus Christ. Well, that's torn it. I see him. Christ, Russians build big rockets, don't they? I thought they were skint. Whole world skint, but hasn't stopped our lot, has it? That's what always got me about the whole bloody charade. It's stupidly expensive, recklessly antagonistic, <laughs> and strategically, well... I'm not convinced it's done as much good. It's never been about strategy, though, has it? It's political dick-swinging, always was. Well, we're swinging them the closest we have to World War III since the Cuban Missile Crisis. True enough. So who wins? Oh, the usual suspects. Boeing, Goodyear, Lockheed Martin. Not that I'm cynical, of course, but some people are doing pretty damn well out of it. Makes you wonder what they know that we don't. Can I drop you anywhere? <laughs> Are you sure you're in a fit state to drive? Probably not. <laughs> you want to share a taxi? 
Uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm not heading far. Are you going to be all right? I'll be fine. Not a bad night for a walk. What are you looking at? Hmm? Oh, the moon. How could we turn something so beautiful into a thing of such dread? There was a time when lovers used to dance under it. <laughs> I knew it! Underneath it all, Sloper, you're just an old romantic. And proud. <laughs> you sure you don't want to share a taxi? No, no, I'm uh, literally just around the corner. I'm staying in a in a hotel, actually. A hotel? Yes, sir. Uh, to be honest, well, uh, Doris and I haven't been uh, getting on lately. Oh, God, I'm going to regret telling you that in the morning. Your secret's safe with me, Chief. <laughs> Which way are you walking? Actually, tell you what, you go on. There's seven hours behind us in Colorado. I think I might head back up to the office. Make one last stab at following up that manifest irregularity. Thanks. Nigel. Like I said, it's probably nothing. You're probably right. <laughs> You're a pain in the arse, Sloper. I know. Well, at least you know. Good night, sir. Good night. Watching the deserted streets pass by, it was hard to think that all this could suddenly vanish in a blinding light. But so it goes. And in the New York trial of Sid Vicious, the Sex Pistols bassist has been placed on suicide watch. Justice Felix Schrodinger has stated that the British rock star poses a serious threat to himself. If he wants to kill himself, let him kill himself. I think of the money they'll save on his trial. They should bring back hanging, that's what I say. In New York, they use the electric chair. You're too bloody right. Light the bastard up. Execution and cremation in one fell swoop. Zap! Yeah. Zap. I thought about those lunatics sitting in the Kremlin in the White House. The twitchy fingers hovering over the button. How many moves were left on the board? How many decisions between us and Armageddon? Execution and cremation in one. At least Liz wasn't around for this. I often found myself imagining how things might have gone differently. No moon bases, no space comp and Liz still around. Sometimes she feels so near I could almost touch her. I should never have let her drive that night. But I did. End of. Another couple of drinks and I turned in. I checked the time before turning off the light. It was one minute to midnight. No, no, not at all. I'm keeping track of this stuff. It's our job, after all. <laughs> well, we do try. 
certainly. It'd be very helpful. Well, uh, thank you very much for your time, anyway. <laughs> yes, it is rather late here, actually. Yeah, and I will. Uh, thank you very much. Goodbye. Oh. Anyone there? You have been listening to Phase 1 of Wireless Theatre's Red Moon. The episode starred Philip Bullcock as Eddie Sloper, Stephen Critchlow as Wilkins, Richard Reed as Emperor Zerk and Rick Risk, Greg Page as Mission Control and the Cab Driver, Sarah Whitehouse as the Space Snacks Kid, Yasmin Holness Dove as Den, Georgina Perriam as Mrs. Jones, and William Hope as Lieutenant General Atherton. Also heard were David Taylor as the Russian Countdown and Andre Zayats as Yuri Gagarin. Other parts were played by members of the cast. Recording took place at the RNIB Talking Book Studios. The production assistant was Lise Mick. Studio engineering, editing and sound design were by Jim Siggy. Music was composed and performed by Francesco Quadraropolo. Story by Jack Bowman and Robert Valentine. It was written, directed and produced by Robert Valentine. Thank you for listening and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.